0: Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Aftzon, right here on 101.9 High FM. You might be wondering why we played such a upbeat song, because we can't afford not to be upbeat. This is Rabbi Levi Aftzon from Linksfield Shul, and this is 101.9 High FM, the Fabringen Show, on Tuesdays from 1 to 2 p.m., It's always amazes me how uh, often when I'll end up in, you know, the shops or at a wedding or just, you know, around and people walk over and say, oh, I listened to your radio show. And it's, it's unique to radio where you just put yourself out there, you put your voice there, you put your ideas there and you have no idea who it's reaching, how it's reaching. And other than the person who, who is listening, nobody else, you know, might never find out. But it's a, it's an incredible privilege and a responsibility to be able to talk here on Tuesdays and share some thoughts. And hyping myself up for the show um, last week, I wasn't able to do the show. I was involved in a tragic funeral at the time. Uh, I Like. I spent a lot of time trying to center myself trying to get my feet better back, back on the ground what do I mean I was recently talking to a, a fellow who went through a very intense trauma and no I'm not a psychologist but trauma is the human experience and I was trying to explain him why he needs to go to therapy and deal with that trauma and, you know, the analogy popped into my head that might not be accurate, but it felt, it felt right from my own experiences. When a person goes through a trauma, whether perceived or real, something grabs onto their brain. And going forward, when this person is thinking, they think they're thinking from a place of logic, but ultimately it's this little, Little voice, this little latch, leech on the brain that's often talking. And one thing we've seen over the last two years by so many people around the world is our thinking. The thinking of many people is not as clear and, str- and level-headed and solid the way it used to be. I'm not one of the people that claim the world was ever perfect. Please go where the comes, it will be. But, You'll have to agree with me that a lot of people's opinions about various stuff have gone more extreme. People will talk to you about stuff and that in their world makes so much sense. I mean, you know that Bill Gates is in your arm when you take the vaccine, they'll tell you, no, not at all. But And they're telling, they're talking to you from a state of fact in their mind. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, how in the world did you get to that conclusion? Now, what often happens is when we hear people say things that, in our opinion, are downright ridiculous, you try to argue with them. The problem is you're talking about the idea, you're talking about the thing they're talking, you know, the, the controversial opinion they're putting forward, but ultimately, what we're not talking about is what has led so many of us to go down rabbit holes, to go down conspiracies, to go down into places of fear and negativity and... You know, the whole narrative of conspiracy, that there's a bunch of people out there, you know, a small group of people trying to control the world. Personally, I find that with a strong remnants of uh, anti-Semitism. That's what they talked about the Jews in the late 1900s, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. This idea that there's a group of people who are trying to control the world. uh, It just feels way too familiar to ideas that we suffered from tremendously. The communists, the fascists, they used this false booklet called The Protocols of Elders of Zion, which was officially a protocol of the meeting of the Elders of Zion, which is a, no such group existed, but they decided to exist. And it became one of the most, the most published book in a big part in the world, and still available today. And the whole argument was that people control the world. Now, this is not a a, a pro-vaccine show. In other words, I'm not a medical doctor. All I know is that I listen to the medical doctors, and when they tell me what to do something, I don't try to be smarter than them. But I want to explore more the root of ideas that so many ideas out there today, and often they're in extremes, are coming from an unhealthy place. Because let's put it this way. Truth is never found in extremists. You'll never find truth in absolutism. That's the irony. You know, when we're teenagers, we see the world as black and white. In other words, you're right or you're wrong. As we grow up, or if we grow up, we then move to a stage where we realize that things are very subtle. It's complex. Yes, but. And that's not a cop-out. Oh, you cop out, you know, you're just not giving me a straight answer. No, that's life. That's life. So, for example, someone will tell you anything. Is anger bad? It depends. Uh, in general, um, it's not a great thing, but there is room for anger in the right spaces, and if it's channeled correctly. Um, is murder bad? Pretty much no, but at times when you have to protect your own life, then yes. And how that works, and it is pages and pages in the Talma to to explore the idea of self-protection and defense versus offense, etc. Well, the point is, most people don't want to hear a complicated answer. And the more traumatized people are, the brain literally starts locking in on itself more and more and more, and we become so narrow in our thinking that literally we cannot handle an answer that's more complex than yay or nay. And that's what's so dangerous about these kind of times. What's dangerous about times of transition and havoc is that often people stop thinking and they just follow their feelings. And feelings are not subtle. Feelings aren't subtle. I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm happy. Feelings are the full-on experience. It's the mind whose job it is to bring subtlety to the feelings, to be able to say... Okay, yes, you're sad, but let's not get overwhelmed by it. And that's why, you know, young children who their brain is not fully developed, but their emotions mostly are, they'll have extreme intense emotions without being able to control them, without being able to moderate them. They'll be extremely devastated because they didn't get a sweet and then extremely happy because they got it. And there's no subtlety, there's no nuance, there's no middle ground, but the the role of a mature mind is the mature mind is there to help us control our emotions or channel our emotions to be able to see reality for what it is rather than for what we, you know, rather than what our emotions try to interpret the world to be. And that's really the the idea that I, I think we really need to explore is, are we becoming narrower in our thoughts? Are we allowing our lives to be dictated by feelings Without intelligence Feelings are important As long as In the words of Jewish mysticism shalit al-alev, The mind is The ruler of the heart The mind tells the heart Obviously the heart has feelings But the mind will tell. can tell the feeling uh, That's inappropriate That's wrong You know On a different topic But a similar point Often people will sit there saying I'm talking my truth Which is a lovely statement That's become like the yeah. The slogan, the manifesto of the 21st century. It's my truth. But which truth? Your emotional truth? Because a lot of our emotional truths nobody should know and we shouldn't even indulge in ourselves. The heart takes us to very strange places, very often unhealthy places. So which truth are you talking about? Your intellectual truth? Something that you thought through objectively? Yeah, we'd love to hear that. But your emotional truth? Emotions don't really have a strong relationship with truth. Emotions don't really care about what's true. Emotions care about what I'm feeling. And yet, when we go through, you know, back to the topic I have, when we're going through difficult times, emotions reign supreme, and that's why dictators, extremists, you know, bad apples will grab this opportunity to push very strong agendas, whether right-wing or left-wing agendas, politically or even in community life, Because people want to follow their hearts, and the heart has no subtlety. So the person says, okay, your heart tells you you're a right winger, let's go all the way to the right. Your heart tells you you're a left winger, let's go all the way to the left. While in truth, almost nothing, nothing in life is that simple. So are we gravitating towards simplicity in our thoughts? Because if we are, then we run the risk of losing one of the greatest gifts, and that is the gift of free choice. Because the definition of free choice is that we get to think through things. We don't follow like a, you know, like a parrot, like a, like a pet. We're not, we're not just followers. We're objective thinkers. We ask ourselves, not what do I feel, but what is the truth? Or how close to truth can I get? And it's only when we have this approach that we're able to truly embrace the gift and the challenge of complexity, which is truly what life is all about. And to put this in better words, this is a song from Mordecai Ben-David, sung by Eli Marcus, and it's a powerful message about what a parent tells a child, and really in the theme of what we've been talking about, this is 101.9 Chai fm This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 Chai fm This is 101.9 CHI-FM, and my name is Rabbi Levi Avtzon from Linksfield Shul, and we're here talking about the cha- that one of the big struggles that many of us are struggling during this time is to think clearly. And to never go to an extreme. In other words, an extreme is that you're out of the place of logic and you're just fighting for an opinion just because it's yours. An extreme is when you find yourself um, becoming more and more closed-minded and more and more narrow in how you see the world. And... In the words of one of the, 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 I'm not sure who said it, but somebody said that in the first part of the 20th century, if you're not a communist by the age of 20, you have no heart. If you're still a communist when you're 30, you have no brain. <laughs> There's a time and place in our lives when when we do see you know life in extremes, and that is you know while our brain's still forming, that's adolescence, it's childhood. But at some stage, you start realizing it's complicated. It's it's complex, and the reason I'm talking about this and why it's so important for me is because, until a person is not willing to embrace the complexity of life, they will live in either or one, uh, either extreme pessimism and and nihilism about our world, or extreme optimism and Doddle deedle doody, you know, everything's fantastic and it's all hunky dory and it couldn't be better. And each one of them runs their own risk. But in general, it, 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 it avoids you from life. Now, for the last two years, many of us have gone a bit to the, to the left or to the, a, a sense of, you know, darkness and heaviness and this is such a mess, and how are we going to get out of this? And it's so complicated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'll be honest, I find myself quite often there. Unfortunately, I've had to deal, community-wise, with quite a few um, heavy and disorientating tragedies. But then I, I, I always try, and I'm not always successful, to kind of rebound or, or rather, recenter myself and sit there saying, okay. Am I now seeing reality tainted by my experiences? And if I am, let me be clear about it and not define reality that way. But when we convince ourselves that we're seeing reality for what it is, you know, and like we're buying into a conspiracy or we're buying into a radical idea or we're going around and shaming people who don't think like us. In general, here's a good rule. If you find yourself shaming people who do things different than you, then you're an extremist. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but this, this, I'm going to go shame you and destroy you. It comes from an ex- extremist bent versus I might fundamentally disagree with you, but I still see you, you, your humanity and I don't see you as the devil because you disagree with me and because your opinion is different. And unfortunately, besides COVID, when you go online and you see the comments, I just, I actually can't believe how how websites still allow comments on their, and on their articles. And yes, I'm fully for free speech, but 90% of comments, at least the ones that I, I end up reading, are just trash, shaming, people venting, you know, people bashing the, the writer or complimenting the writer and, and, and all in disproportionate, unhealthy ways. So we're living in a world where algorithms are pushing us to extremism. And when I mean extremism, I don't only mean politically, I mean even the way we talk to each other. I hate you, or I love you, or this person's my friend, or this person's my enemy, or... And it's never like, they're an acquaintance. I appreciate them, you know, we're not best friends, but, you know, I appreciate their value, and I think there's what to learn from them. It's rarely like that. You're in or you're out. It's almost like a cult or a mafia. You're in or you're out. But... Life's not like that It doesn't really afford that You know Just like we forgive ourselves For our own complexity We need to forgive others For their complexity And to realize Hashem did not create us To be extremists Hashem created us With a godly soul With an animal soul He created us With temptation for weakness And a passion to do good things And we all straddle them And we all fail And yet what happens in our world is if somebody fails and they're caught in public, then the world goes and shames them, puts them down, they said one thing that was wrong, or something that could be misinterpreted wrong, or politically incorrect, or whatever, and even if it was objectively wrong, it was absolutely wrong, but that person is smashed, they're cancelled, they're out. And besides, you know, the the moral issues with all this, for me it boils down to like, really? Really? is the world really split onto the people of the light and the people of darkness? I mean, that's like the way, the, you know, the Crusaders saw That's the way radical extremists, religious extremists and non-extremists um, see things. There's no subtlety. There's no nuance. It's no like, yeah. And, and you find it in every area of life, whether it's talking about the climate crisis, it's either people denying it exists or people literally telling us we're going to go up and smoke in the next five years. And it's like, can we have a more balanced conversation? I know that fear works denial is convenient, but rarely are things like that. There's obviously something to be discussed, but it doesn't have to be pulled to an extreme. But that is the way you hear everything. Political campaign speeches to um, often people preaching a religious dogma. And you're like, guys, it's complex. It's complicated. I mean, how many people have I spoken to over the past few months who've told me, Rabbi, why was I convinced that Judaism is just a fire and brimstone religion. What, what, what was wrong with my education? And I'm always like finding myself saying, gosh, we need to actually open a movement called Jewish detox to detox from really bad ideas or undeveloped ideas or ideas without context that were shared with us or we thought we understood while in school. And people make huge decisions. People will make a decision who to marry. You know, intermarriage in our, in, in our communities is, is at a steep rise, unfortunately. And it's something that as a community we, we must address and we must talk about it and we must figure out why are we losing so many kids, many who do go to Jewish schools, who at some stage they look and say like, Judaism has no value, like it really makes no difference if my children won't be Jewish. And a part of it, I, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no saint and I'm, I'm definitely, I don't talk to God and I definitely don't know the bigger picture, but I feel like part of it is that often, as teachers, as parents, will offer a a Judaism that is no nuance, no complexity. And when I mean nuance, I'm not meaning reform or compromising on the fundamentals. No, but it's teaching the full picture rather than isolating a few things without context. I've said it before, but every year I I, I invite children to the shul and we go around and I I give them a tour of the shul. And without fail... The first question or the second question I get once the Q&A opens is, Rabbi, is it true that if a Torah falls down on the ground, you're going to fast 40 days? And I'm like, how is it that this nine year old, 10 year old kid, the most, the biggest thing on their mind about a Torah is the Torah failing and falling and them fasting. Yes, there is in some context the idea of a Torah falling and people have to fast. No, it's not full day fast. No, it's not if it's in its If it's in its cover and a bunch of other yes, but however, not because you know people looking for discounts, but because as I said, everything's nuanced. But when Torah is associated with falls down and you're going to fast, Yom Kippur is associated with if you don't fast. As someone told me, I'm going to suffer terribly this year. And um, if I you know if I don't learn Torah, I'm going to go straight to hell, etc., etc. When 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 that's the narrative, no kidding. Our kids don't want part of it. It's so uncompelling, and it's so not true. If it was true, then you could at least say, "Fine, no, it's the truth. I have to tell you what the truth is." But it's so much more richer and complex and dynamic. There's so much room for disagreement and and individuality. There's you know you open up the Torah books that's full of disagreements, and often the the disagreements never come to a resolution. And that's fine. And, you know, often when we give a a shiur, people will say, "Okay, just teach me the the bottom line, the the dry law. Tell me what's right and what's wrong. First of all, that itself is also often complicated, because sometimes it it rests on context, and each person must ask their rav, their teacher, for guidance. But beyond that, most of Torah is not just the bottom line. That's a small percentage of Torah. The Talmud is very little about bottom line and more about the process. Jewish mysticism is, is about exploring ideas of godliness without necessarily a bottom line of now go do this. Sometimes there is a, a nice punchline at the end. But it's it's celebrating the, the whole journey to get there, the intellectual and spiritual challenge. So the point that I'm saying is, in the time we're living in, if you find yourself becoming narrower and narrower in your opinions and also in your interests, pretty much sport, business, politics, that's it. Don't talk to me about anything else. I have no mental space for that. If you're finding yourself becoming narrower, then you're losing out. I on want the greatest, if not the greatest, gift of being a human being. And that is developing our mind and the pleasure of exploring and searching and, and constantly growing, which is what Torah teaches us to do, to never stop that search for truth. And even if you never achieve ultimate truth, and maybe there is no one definition of ultimate truth, the journey itself enriches you. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.95. My name is Robbie Levy-Oftson, and we are here having a complicated conversation about a complicated topic. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a different way of saying it because I'm like, I've gone in one direction. It is so vital in times of unsettlement, in times when things seem unnerving and unpredictable. They always are, but sometimes more than others. And it's so important at these times to anchor ourselves and to make sure we're thinking from a place of health, not a place of dysfunction. I was talking to somebody, you know, recently. Unfortunately, this person is, you know, very ill and, um, you know, getting themselves ready just in case they have to go to a better place into a different world. And we were talking about good choices, And I told this individual that when you look back at your life, what are you the most proud of? And this person said, the choices I made. And they were right, because they made very beautiful choices. Who to marry, where to live, how to live, who to develop friendships with. And many of us don't necessarily make good choices. And often we blame it on God. It's just muzzle. And listen, you know, God's a good punching bag and there is a lot that, um you know, that we ask Hashem to, to stop and we kind of hold him accountable for. But a lot of stuff we could hold ourselves accountable for as well. And ask ourselves, why did you make that decision? Why did you rush that emigration without thinking about the ramifications? Why did you rush the marriage or rush the divorce? Why did you take your kids from this school to that school? Or, or, a million different questions. Why were you doing it in a moment of impulsivity? No, 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 no. It just felt right. Did you think it through? And did the choice come from a healthy place or from an unhealthy place? In other words, let's say when 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 you decided to accept a proposal or give a proposal to an individual and now settle your life with that person, was there a healthy person next to you coming and saying this is a good decision or were the healthy people around you or the healthy voice inside of you telling you this is a bad idea so many of the decisions we make in life come from a through trauma and just come from unclear foggy thinking and the the ego unwilling to listen to other people who have our best interests at heart saying is this is not going to lead you to happiness no of course it will lead me to happiness how dare you tell me that? And in these times, which I'm just seeing an avalanche, a deluge of, of decision making. People making very quick decisions with huge ramifications on their lives and their families, breaking families, um, you know, shutting down businesses, leaving the country, coming into the country, etc. Very big decisions that are coming from a place of fear. And listen, some people, yeah, they do find happiness in other places. Many don't. And yet they make a decision from a place of desperation and rarely do these decisions play out for the good later on. Why? Because they were not made from a place of clarity. And clarity is such an important factor every day of our life, especially when things are swirling around us. To ask ourselves, what is driving this decision? What's getting me to do this? Why am I doing it? What is pushing me in that direction? And only when you have that clarity can you separate, you know, the, the flower from the junk. You could self- separate what's true and what's necessary versus to what your heart is telling you and your impulsivity is telling you. What's right? Because, you know, as a rabbi, you end up counseling people at different stages of life. And it's interesting learning code in general, but it's, uh, being a rabbi has a lot of interesting um, elements to it. But one of the elements is, unlike in school, which is obviously super important, but a teacher will often tackle the same age year after year, or the same, you know, group, relative, teenagers, young kids, etc., as a rabbi, you see the full spectrum of the human experience. And you you get to see in different people, you know, the the implications of the, the choices they made. Because you're not just seeing them make a choice 18. You're seeing somebody else who made the same choice 20, 30, 50 years ago and how it played out by them. It doesn't necessarily mean it will be the same way by the younger individual. But you do see the, the bigger picture of people's lives from the beginning to the end and what choices play Um, heavy in how their life turns out. And it's actually terrifying, terrifying and empowering at the same time to see how powerful our choices are. How some, a few choices, but the big choices, if we get them right, our chances of, of, you know, building a solid, healthy um, unit goes up and otherwise not. Again, nothing's foolproof. Um, there's a lot of life that's out of our control, but there's no question that choices make a difference. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have an education. The definition of education is giving people the ability to make choices and to be able to you know, look at a situation and see it with clarity. That's why we give it an education. The question is, do we give them an education only in their career path or also in their moral or happiness path? Choices that will lead to a good marriage versus a bad marriage. Choices that will lead to healthy children versus unhealthy children. Choices that will lead to life-work balance or choices that will lead to imbalance. etc., etc., etc. And the list is endless. But it's only when we ask ourselves, am I thinking clear-headed? And sometimes you can't ask yourself. You need to ask somebody you trust. You present the facts to the person. You sit there saying, am I seeing the wood, you know, the trees for the forest. Am I seeing what's really going on or am I so lost that I'm literally walking with my eyes closed, thinking that I have clarity. And this time more than ever, you know, hearing so much about people emigrating and leaving and like, whenever you hear about this massive exodus, besides the fact that it's disheartening for, you know, the community, I find that those are like way too impulsive. So yeah, we've been through a difficult time and now what? What made you make that decision so quickly and did you think it through? Not feel it through, think it through. Because if you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that although American by birth, I'm South African by choice. And I consider one of the greatest gifts of Hashem to me and my family is to be able to already be living here for 11 years. And please, God, many more. So before you run, ask yourself, am I thinking straight? This is 101.9 high FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Aftson on 101.9 high FM. So this is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aftson encouraging myself, encouraging each and every one of us to pause and... Remember that God is in control. Remember that even in times of chaos, there's a there's a guiding hand. All times, times of chaos, times of happiness, nothing in this world is senseless, nothing in this world is outside the purview of Hashem's guidance and literally Him directing the world. We often don't understand why, and that's okay. Um, that's just, being human. There's a story about the Klosenberger Rebbe, I believe, who lost 11 children in the Holocaust. And they asked him, doesn't he ever ask why? And he says, the only place I'll get an answer to the why is when I die. And I'm in no rush to get there, so I don't ask the question because I don't, I don't want to get the answer anytime soon. This world is, is, is a place where we have questions. Next world is the place we get the answers. We're in no rush to get there. So let's get comfortable living with questions, uncertainty, complexity, doubt. It's okay. Don't run to an extremist idea. Don't run to a simple solution to a complicated problem. It usually doesn't work that way. But rather embrace. We live in a complicated world. We live in a world where Hashem, you know, throws things at us and asks us to be able to make good choices as much as possible possible. And we can only make those choices when we're thinking from a place of health and clarity and having guidance from mentors and friends who have our best interests in heart. So happy choosing, choice-making for each and every one of us. And I do pray that things do turn around for the better. Thank God there's been quite a few weddings recently and a lot of simcha. Also a lot of pain, but let's focus on the Simcha and the positivity and uh, the promise of better days, which each and every one of us not only should believe, but it's it's literally healthy to believe that way. Not only from a moral standpoint, but from a sanity standpoint. Better days are coming. The best of our life is ahead of us, not behind us. I wish you a great week ahead. I, I will be away for the next week or two going uh, you know, traveling overseas. But um, I wish you only the best. And please, God, will be back in a few weeks' time. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Yatsin, and this is song following the show is Cholem K'mo Yosef, Dreaming Like Yosef, from one of my favorite singers, Hanan ben in Israel. Have a great week.